Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Do you know, I had someone come to me last Sunday with tears in his eyes, a, a man that's been in our church for a le- very long time. I don't know whether he's here, I can't see him, but he said, Anne, you've got to tell your story. You've just got to tell your story. And I said, well, people know our story. I said, we've told our story multiple times over the years. I said, you've heard our story. He said, but he said, you don't know, you don't know how important your story is to give me hope. And I, I was in that moment thinking, which story is he talking about? You know, is he talking about when Byron got cancer and stage four and they couldn't operate? Was he talking about when my daughter's car went through the back of a truck and they were pinned in the car? And, you know, was he talking about many other situations that we had a few minutes to talk about? And he said, he said, you've got to tell your story. And it kind of got me thinking all this week about the multiple stories of God in our lives. Your stories will probably sound different to mine and I I don't know where to go with that and I'm not going to go to that tonight, but it got me thinking this week. And it didn't matter what story that I visited in my mind, Jesus was present in every one of them. His power was present in every single story. His help was there in a time of need. His peace was needed when turmoil tried to take over. It didn't matter what story it was, whether we needed a miracle or whether we needed some other assistance or whether God just broke through in some way or His grace was sufficient. It didn't really matter. And there were many stories. And as Pastor Dan asked me to speak to his young adults last week, which... Um, I didn't know which story to go to and all of a sudden you're in a moment where there's, there's God stories all the way through the decades of your life and in every one of them Jesus was present. Whether it was a little prayer praying that the rain would not damage Byron's black Bible, you know, which seems like a small miracle but when you've got no money and that's the only Bible you own and the car park of the church is underwater and you pray for God to preserve His Word and you get there the next day and the whole car park's underwater but the Bible is dry, who knows, that's your story. That's, your, that's the touch and the intervention of God. So it didn't matter which story it was, Jesus was present. And I'll visit some of that maybe in the coming days. And it got me thinking as this man had tears in his eyes and he said, your story gives me hope. And I think that's the power of encouragement and the power of sharing one with another what Jesus has done in your life. I mean, I look at Lincoln Eads over there and my my eyes fill with tears as I was looking for a landscaper because Brian and I didn't know how to sort out our difficult block of land and we see a sign on a wire fence landscaper and there's Lincoln's number and here's Lincoln in church tonight. You know, there's a God story right there. You cannot underestimate how God has moved in your life 
that day that Jesus entered Jerusalem and they threw down the palm leaves and Hosanna, the King of Kings, had arrived on the earth. And he showed up for people like you and I, and your life like ours is filled with God's stories. Let me touch on a scripture and we'll see how we go and I'll abbreviate it and I'll just see how the Holy Spirit wants to go with all of this. But these people that had followed Jesus around for many, many, many days and in the Gospel of Mark chapter 8 verses 5 through to 8 and it's quite a moment happening and whenever Jesus is present, there's a moment that is happening and these people had travelled a long distance with him, following him around, hearing the sermons, seeing the miracles, seeing Jesus touch lives, but they had not received any food and they were about to collapse on their journey. They travelled a long distance and you know, the disciples asked the obvious question, where will we find food to feed these people? We're in a remote place. And I thought about, and I just parked this week on that thought of being in a remote place, and I thought, planet Earth over the last few years has felt like a different, strange, remote, weird, messed up, turned upside down place. And in the last few years, you could say, where will we find the food for these strange and unusual days that you and I find ourselves living in? In Mark chapter 8, verses 5 through to 9, um, how many loaves do you have? Jesus asked the disciples and they said seven. And he told them to sit down on the ground. And when they'd taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke he broke the bread and he gave them, gave the bread to the disciples to set before the people and they did so and they had a few small fish as well and he gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them and the people ate and the people were satisfied. Afterwards, the disciples picked up the seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 men were present. And having sent them away, Jesus gets into the boat with his disciples and he goes to the region of Delmathea, Delmathea. It seems like our whole lives, like the lives of many in the Bible, was either centred around boats or bread. The boats represent the journey that we find ourselves on. You and I today are in some kind of a boat, some kind of place, some kind of journey with God. And then the Scriptures often refer to bread as well. And it seems like the Scriptures were centred many times over around boats or around bread. But what do you do when there's no bread for the journey and what do you do when the boat gets rocked? What do you do when the boat gets hit by a storm? What do you do when even those that have been walking with Jesus have grown hungry or grown weary? And that's what was taking place at this particular time. And as I looked into this scripture, I thought these people had traveled with Jesus a long distance. Why is it now after some distance that Jesus seems to notice that it's now that they need bread, that it's now they need food. 
Why didn't Jesus notice days earlier that they needed food back here instead of after a long distance that they have travelled? And as I looked at some of this, I realised that there are some things in your life and some things in mine that some things are just under the timing of God. Some things are just under the timing of God. And yet, as I've walked and learned in God, not everything is exclusively under the timing of God. I think about the four men that put the paralyzed man on the stretcher and broke a hole in the roof and lowered him down. Was that the timing of Jesus or was that the timing of the four guys that were supporting the man that was paralysed and said, there's an opportunity of God right here, we got to get him down. What about blind Bartimaeus who yells out, son of David, have mercy on me. Was that the timing of Jesus or was that a blind man saying, I've got to intersect and interrupt and get into Jesus' space and into Jesus' life because if I can get to that man, I know I will be healed. And there are times when it's just the timing of God and there's other times when it's like, now is your day of salvation. Now is the hour to move. Now is the time to believe. Now is the time to pray. Now is the time to go. Now is the time to do. Now is the time to prophesy. Now is the time to speak over a valley of dry bones. Now is the hour right now that we've got to step into what God is about to do. There's sometimes when it's just under God's sovereignty and his time and he's, he says, I'll do this. And there's other times where he starts to stir and he starts to awaken and he starts to move on people like you and I and you and I have got to get on our shoes and start to walk, start to run, start to move with God because God, I hear, I see, I know, I'll do and I've got to get where you are. And so Jesus notices that these people need food. They've been traveling with him a long time. And some of you in this room have been traveling for a long time. You've overcome, you've endured, you've walked by faith, you've lasted through some things. I said to the young adults last Sunday, I said, sometimes you've just got to outlast situations. Sometimes you just got to, you know what? I just got to outlast this thing because this thing will pass. This thing will move on. This thing will come. It'll try and invade and then it will go. And there's times when people of faith like you and I, you and I will just have to outlast it and walk it through and trust God in the process and eventually, eventually we'll get to the other side of this and think, what was that? I don't know, but it came and it went. But Jesus saw their hunger and he noticed their weariness. And he saw their determination to stay with him. And he says to his disciples, how many loaves have you got? And this is a big question for you and I in 2022. And I ask you tonight, how many loaves do you have? 
How many loaves do you have and what will we do with the loaves that we have right now? Because I believe that Jesus is setting something up, a bigger picture, a much bigger picture, because he never ignores the harvest. And you and I, if we want to be in the centre of God's will, I ask you, how many loaves do you have? Because he doesn't ignore the harvest and neither should we. We cannot ignore the harvest. And Jesus says to them, sit down. Now, this is interesting. Because as a woman of faith and a woman of prayer, sometimes sitting down paints a picture of doing nothing. You're kind of in relaxed mode. You're not really pursuing. You're not really going after anything. You're just sitting down. And the thing that I saw in this was that there's times when you've got to sit down in order to receive. Sometimes you've got to sit so that you can hear the voice of God. Sometimes you've got to sit and to get into the rest of God. Now, that's a struggle for me at times, to rest, because when he said sit down, and they're all sitting down on the, on the grass there, and the reason is this is because Jesus was about to demonstrate something and he wanted them in a receptive place. And church, I believe that we have to have receptive hearing right now, receptive hearts, receptive spirits, open to what the Spirit of God is saying so that we can enter into the rest of God. Because I, as I mentioned to you, there's times when you just got to go for it. You got to just walk around those walls of Jericho. There's times when you got to shout. There's times where you got to celebrate. There's times when you got to uh, just do whatever it takes. And there's times that I've learned is that I just got to rest. I just got to rest in the promises of God and hear what he is saying in this moment. And he tells them all to sit down, and then what takes place after that? He takes the bread, and he gives thanks for the bread. And you realize that he is bringing them into what was about to happen on a much bigger scale as he was taken to the cross, as he was nailed to that cross, because we know that he is the bread of life. He is the bread of life. And he's bringing them in to demonstrate the power of God. He breaks the bread, he gives thanks for it, he prays, and under that blessing, that bread then starts to be distributed out to all of the people. And I don't want us to ever get so used to what God has distributed to your life. The goodness of God, the mercy of his forgiveness, the grace of God. We are here by the grace of God. 
We are here by his grace and that grace has been distributed out to all of mankind. And this bread that they needed for the journey was, of course, the physical bread that they ate and their bodies were nourished. But the the larger picture is that we need the bread of life. We need the Saviour. We need the Spirit of God. We need the promises of God. We need what is written because he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth, from the mouth of God. And so he gives thanks. And I think we're in a dangerous place when we stop being grateful for what we have received. This interesting place, the bread was broken and we know eventually that Jesus would be that broken bread. But some of you may have come to this meeting tonight feel like I've been on the threshing floor. I feel like, you know, I feel like I've been trodden on. I feel like I've been trampled on. I feel like my life has been crushed. It's been sorted. It's been sifted. It's been shaken. It's been separated. But you know, the amazing thing is The amazing thing is, because I think sometimes humanity can err on the side of negativity instead of seeing the presence of the angel that was on that same threshing floor. The presence of God was there. And this angel comes to Gideon and calls him mighty warrior. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. And I want you to know, church, that the Lord is with you. He calls Gideon valiant. And I believe God calls his church today the valiant church, the overcoming church, the prevailing church, the church that is open to the very presence of of Jesus himself. These are harvest days. These are harvest days, and I'm not just prophesying into a someday, one day, could be, maybe, maybe we'll see that. I believe these are days of harvest. The harvest is ready, the harvest is ripe, and God is doing something and stirring something within you and I to be part of this mighty move of God that is here. I don't believe it's coming. I believe we're here. I believe we're here. I believe we've stepped into, and I'm careful to label it, but I, I, I believe we have already stepped into harvest days. Do not be surprised when you see this one showing up. Don't be surprised when you get that phone call. Don't be surprised when that text message comes. Don't be surprised when that friendship gets healed. Don't be surprised when that breakthrough seems seamless and effortless. Don't be surprised when the atmosphere changes. Don't be surprised when miracles break out. Don't be surprised when you hear of a healing. Don't be surprised. Why? Because Hosanna... Hosanna, Hosanna, the King has entered. We are in a season right now. And I don't believe it'll be a season that will come and it will go. I don't believe it'll be a tide that washes in and then it disappears. I believe we've stepped into harvest days. Jesus could not and did not ignore the harvest. Some things got broken 
in the last few years. And the more that I walk through this, I realize it's now a good thing. It's not so bad. Because if something got broken that God is going to fix, then that's awesome. But there are some things that needed to get broken. There are some things that needed, like that threshing floor, needed to get sorted and sifted and changed. Why? So that the angel of the Lord could come in and say, do not fear, mighty warrior, valiant Gideon, the Lord is with you. And we know here that these people, these people, they ate, the food got distributed and they ate as much as they wanted, as much as they wanted. You and I can enter into the things of God as much as we want. You control that, he doesn't. It comes back to how much we want. How much do we want? It's up to you how much you eat. It's up to you how much you pray. It's up to you how much you walk in the Word. It's up to you. It's up to us. It's up to us. And they ate as much as they wanted. And they were satisfied. And then we know at the end of this scripture that the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over that was left over. And I realise that as I read this, it's centred around boats and bread and breaking and baskets. The boat is part of the journey because Jesus then gets back into the boat and he crosses to the other side. And I could tell you many boat stories where I haven't always understood the journey. And you may have come into this room tonight and say, I need some bread for the journey, for the time that I'm in right now, for the place that I'm in, for the job that I'm in, for the family that I'm working out right now, for the situations that I'm in right now. And I tell you, Jesus is faithful to give you the bread that you need for the journey. If you need wisdom, he will give you wisdom for the journey. If you need peace for the journey, he'll give you peace for the journey. Whatever the bread is that you need, because he wants you to go not just the long distance, but he wants you to continue on the journey. The bread that he gives you has been blessed. The bread that he gives you is the bread of grace. The bread that he gives you is the bread of forgiveness, not condemnation. Do you know Jesus came not to condemn not to condemn. I don't know about you, but that's really good news for me. I need to hear that because I can condemn myself like that, and so can you. But he didn't come to bring the bread of condemnation. He came to bring the bread of grace. He comes to bring the bread of unity. And then what he does, those seven basketfuls are to be distributed. And I love what we've heard about India just today. I mean, when Byron rang me from India and said those people in the rat catcher village that were once Hindu and now they're born again, do you know that's the result 
of the bread of contribution and generosity and faith and travelling to India and those back here that have supported those journeys. And as a result now, I don't know how many are there, a couple of hundred, I guess, are there roughly? How many? How many? 400. And they are all now from Hindu to born again in Jesus' name, right? And those same people were the ones that went on a 40-day fast. When Byron told me that, I thought, oh my gosh, we got to pick up our game. We go there to bless them. And just me hearing that, I thought, what are we doing? Seven basketfuls of overflow, broken pieces, still plenty to be distributed out. Do you know what's on your life and what's on mine is more than enough, more than enough to go around plus some more. Boats, bread, blessing, baskets, breaking. It's all part of this incredible journey called the Christian life. Let's not waste a single second of it and be a blessing to many others. I've run out of time, but I want you to step into the rest of God. You know, the Bible says that all those that are weary and heavy laden, he said, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. And some of you need some emotional rest. Some of you have been on the distance going the journey for a long time and it's like, I just need some emotional rest from that situation. Well, I tell you what, the bread of life is here to minister to you. The peace of God, the rest of God. And the reason he gives that is so that you will continue on the journey. So, Father, I pray tonight for your people. You know their stories. You know their lives. You know their situations. You know, God, what's upon their heart. You know those that are on the fringes of life. You know those that have been staggering. You know those that are about to collapse. You know those that have become weary, even though they've been following you. I pray in this meeting tonight. I pray, Lord that they would enter the rest and the peace of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would lift off them the struggle and the striving that they feel like they've had to do. But Lord, I pray that they would know the peace of God that surpasses all understanding and they would enter into the rest of God for others in this room tonight, Lord, You've spoken to us and some of us have been sitting back waiting for you to show up and to do. And yet, Lord, there's many in this room tonight that when I said those words that not everything is up to the timing of God, there are some things that timing is up to us. There is something that took place in our hearts. There, is a, there was something that we just connected with. And Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you connect the dots and show us what to do with that. I pray for others in this room that 
maybe need to rededicate their lives back to you or maybe give their lives to you for the first time. Whatever that might look like, if that's you, you can raise your hand right now and I'm going to pray for you in this room. But I say to you, don't waste this time. Don't waste this moment. If that's you and you want prayer, you lift up your hands and I'll pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else here? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray for that young man that lifted up his hand. I pray that he would know Jesus as Lord, as Saviour, that you would order every step of his life in Jesus' name and we give you praise. So, Lord, touch every family, I pray, and let the miracle touch of God the triumph, the victories that you went to the cross to give to us. May we live that out and live it out well. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.